Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found, and of course, taped live at Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. If you're watching us on YouTube, do us a favor. Give us a thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. Let's help grow going in raw. We're also available uh, on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, where this week we'll be dropping a brand new episode of The Numbers Don't Lie, where we take going in raw math, the tried and true tested formula, verified and approved by scientists around the world. Oh, yeah, studied uh, by uh, statisticians the world over. Mathematicians, scholars, philosophers, yeah. and yep. we're going to apply it to the ninth wonder of the world, China. Uh, thanks to the friendos, $10 and up on the Patreon, who voted on which member of OGDX we were going to analyze this week, China. Uh, so you can get, uh, uh, you can vote on her numbers in areas like in-ring ability, promo ability, uh, legacy ability, uh, right there K-fabe. at Patreon, kayfabe yes. ability. On Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, the $5 and up. And then you can uh, watch it live or on demand after th- on Thursday yeah. and after that. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. The numbers don't lie this coming Thursday, China. Uh, Correct. So that's a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about Raw because, you know, it's, it's we have to. Because it happened. Because uh, it, it happened. There's some stuff to talk about. Yeah. But uh, before that. Larson, we've got a little bit of news going yeah, on, don't we? Yeah, we got a, a follow-up from uh, a story we talked about yesterday, as reported by Wrestling Inc. and Fightful yesterday. W confirmed today they had come to terms on the release of Ric Flair, and then Flair took to Twitter to comment on his release. That's what he had to say. Quote, I'm officially able to respond to all the press related to my requested release from WB, which they have given to me. I want to make it really clear with everyone that I'm not upset with WB at all. They solely are responsible for putting me in this position in my life that I'm in right now, where I'm seen in the brightest light ever. We have a different vision for my future. I wish them nothing but continued success. Thank you for everything. Nothing but respect. Ooh. 
Uh, yeah, that's cool that he, uh, you know, it's no hard feelings there. Maybe just a, a difference of, of philosophies and how he Could should be. be presented to be. people and stuff. Maybe doesn't want to be involved in an angle where he's with Lacey Evans as her lover. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, that's cool. Be, uh, be curious. Do they have no compete clauses in these kind of contracts and these like legends deals or that whatever I don't he's know. That assigned I don't know. to? Could he show up at AEW tomorrow night? Is that a possibility? I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. No I mean, maybe it depends on. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Uh, this was an interesting little bit here from Tyler Breeze. Oh, that'd be fun to talk about this. Uh, so Tyler Breeze, where is this coming from? So I've got he this was up on, on uh, shooting straight with drama King Matt. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who, by the way, we've got to mention this yesterday. Uh, drama King Matt officially made his, uh, impact wrestling at debut yeah. in the homecoming tournament, uh, with Deanna Perazzo and, w- and a, won the tournament. He's a bad guy too. He's a, yeah. he's, yeah. he's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty fun. Anyways, uh, so he, he said something here, and it sort of relates to a lot of the discussion right now, obviously, in the world of pro wrestling centers around the idea of how wrestlers are used and utilized by the companies they work for. Obviously, in WWE, there was a period of time when they were hoarding talent uh, to keep them seemingly away from competition from AEW when they were getting started. Um, which resulted in a lot of talent simply not being used because WWE doesn't like the approach of, uh, for example, uh, uh, factions. Like AEW, obviously, one of their big things is they have a lot of factions, and it makes sure everybody seemingly gets TV time. You know, a guy like Sean Spears, for example. Yeah. Um, when he got called up to main roster in WWE, you know, he was he was being used on a regular basis in NXT. When he got called to main roster, eh, not so much. He was not just sort so of a guy who was there didn't do a whole lot and now he's with the pinnacle i would make the uh, the case that he is used really well in AEW. Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. he's not a guy who's going to be a featured top of the card player but nonetheless he has his character he has his role he does it really well he's on dynamite like pretty much every time the pinnacle's on dynamite he's Mm -hmm. there um you know he's had featured matches I think he's in a pretty good spot, you know? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. So there, there is the question of what happens to wrestlers when they're not being used. Sometimes they're vocal about their displeasure about uh, uh, not being used. Well, Tyler Breeze had something to say about that. These uh, transcripts come to you from our good friends over at Fightful. He says, I remember being so frustrated. I hate this. I hate when people are like, I was never given an opportunity. I was never given a chance. I was held down. That's a whole separate conversation, but that's such an excuse of you don't know what you signed up for. We signed a piece of paper for a certain amount of money to sit on the bench and get used if we get used. If they choose not to use you, it doesn't mean I can go on social media and bitch and complain and go, I'm getting held down. Nope. If you're not okay with that, then quit your job. That's what this is. It's a casting call. Sometimes they need you. Sometimes they don't. It's always a roller coaster. You're going to get used, but you can't stay at the top forever. You're going to get cycled out. People are so entitled that they like, I should got this and you, I should have got this and you deserve this. No, none of us deserve anything or we're very lucky to be part of it and we're lucky to get an opportunity. If that opportunity comes, you better be ready and nail it and you might get more opportunities. That's a weird culture going on. Um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts about this? 
and what we'll talk about a little bit. I'm sure. I'm sure that point of view is is probably informed by his own experience, not just in NXT but FCW, because he was in WWE developmental for a very long time. True, a number of years before getting called to the main roster. Maybe in doing so, I think later on in the same uh, bit, he's talking about a period where he was struggling in FCW and didn't quite get it. He wasn't grasping how they wanted him to do things. Um, and you know, if, if memory serves, he went through several different characters before coming, uh, discovering Tyler Breeze or, or creating Tyler Breeze. So I'm sure his experience, obviously, you know, for the most part, a lot of times experience informs how we view the world. And I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know the guy, haven't talked to him about it. And all I've read is this quote is, is, is maybe his time at WWE Elemental informed this philosophy, this approach that we're here if we're called upon to do our jobs, then we step up and do it to the best of our ability. And after that, hopefully we get more, op- we press people and we get more opportunities. But, but by no means is it a certainty that we're going to get used to the utmost of our abilities. Uh, and I, I, I understand that point of view. That's probably a sound point of view to have if you want to maintain your sanity working the WWE machine. Um, you know, but a lot of wrestlers are also, I'm sure Tyler Breeze as well, really creative people. And creative people can kind of go crazy if they're not, if they can't find an outlet for their creativity. You know, it can get frustrating. And I get that too. And when you're in a position or in a company where you feel like you're not being utilized to your fullest, um, you got to let off that steam somehow. You know, is 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 going on social media and complaining the best or most uh, constructive means of venting that frustration? Up for debate. Um but, uh, you know, I, I, I get both perspectives here. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, it, it's, it's a, it, it is a different philosophy than I think, you know, uh, uh, some people have, um, it's easy to be a fan and look at what WWE does. I mean, even in the case of him and, and Fandango as Breezango, you know, you and I were both watching with a lot of people. Their peak, arguably, was in SmackDown when they were doing the Fashion File stuff. It was yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff. Great. Right? Yeah. They had that one match, and you remember this with the Usos, and it was like, man, if they really could have capitalized on that, that would have been really great because people would have popped really hard in the moment. And then, creatively speaking, I'm not sure how far an act like that, what their creative ceiling could have really been, how far they could have gone with it realistically. But in the moment, it would have been great. And WWE loves their moments. So it's like, I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that guy had been in WWE for a long time. So if, if I'm going to if I'm going to take anybody's words and and, you know, say, OK, well, I know this guy knows what he's talking about. It's going to be Tyler Breeze. But it is a different philosophy than I think, you know, somebody who's been there, you know, just as long as him uh, and uh, and I'm not talking about anybody specifically. But like there have been there have been people who have complained online about not being used or or, or sort of subtweeted WWE, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of them not being used that have been there the same amount of time as Tyler Breeze and have gone through their own experiences and do find it valid to vent online. And uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's you know, there's there's people who have a certain way of of working and there's a certain people who have a different way of working, mm-hmm. but it's it's certainly an interesting perspective from the you know, from the fact that this is a guy who just got released. This is a guy who did spend a lot of time in developmental finding mm-hmm. his character, and eventually he did, and he found success with it. He wrestled Juice and Thunder Liger in NXT, which is a really big deal. He had success yeah. with Brizango, yeah. so the guy definitely has his credentials. Um, but uh, but I don't know. It's it's always interesting to hear uh, uh, that side of it. That sort of like, hey, 
you know, you know what you signed up for. Because I kind of like just personally speaking, I, I philosophically kind of side with that as well. And that's just judging from my own experiences. Like, for example, when we used to work at Machinima, you know, it's like we got laid off and I just I understood. I'm like, well, there had been layoffs before us. It was yeah. obvious that company didn't know how to properly monetize stuff and they didn't understand the value of of talent and what they could have done with it because they let so much talent go. Mm-hmm. So it's like when we got laid off, it was like, yeah, OK, I could sit here and talk crap about that company. But a that would have hurt the severance. But B, you know, it's like it's like bitter is not a great look. No, it's you not. know, it's not. but the bottom line is when you sign a contract, you need to whenever you sign a contract. Look at what the worst case scenario would be in that situation. And you have to be on and you have to be OK with that worst case scenario. You know, it's like if I'm going to sign this contract with WWE, that's, you know, if it's true that Adam Cole's contract is up right now. And or he or he's got offers in front of him and he's deciding whether or not, OK, am I going to do this or not? Mm-hmm. He's got to look at the worst case scenario. And we're about to talk about him. and His name is Karrion Cross. you know, because if Adam Cole signs a document that says, yeah, I'm going to work for you guys for another three years or five years. Yeah. And you can literally do nothing with me and piss away, arguably, my prime. Yeah. That's a terrible bad case scenario. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want to take that off the board. And if that's yeah. signing a one year deal, if that or, or, or if that's available, if that's signing a one year deal or signing a deal that says, hey, you're going to put me on X number of shows you're going you're gonna, to, you know, some sort of weird Hogan-esque creative control. Who knows if that even exists anymore? Well, if it does, it's, it's probably for, it's for the likes of, like, Brock Lesnar, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. You know, everybody has to make their, their decisions with, hey, where do I think? Because you know, if Adam Cole has that contract in front of him, he knows he's going to be used well in AEW. He knows that because they're oh, yeah. all his best friends over there and his fiance. Did they ever get married? His fiance, right? Oh, I guess Girlfriend? Fiance, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't, believe I don't believe they ever got married, no. His lover is over there. His best friends are over there. Yeah. Um, or a couple of them anyways. Like he knows he's going to be fine over there. In WWE, he doesn't know that. Now, he could gamble on himself. He could say, hey, they just lost, they just lost Daniel Bryan. I kind of fit a lot of Daniel Bryan's bill. Like I could do a lot of that stuff. Maybe they could slot me in that role. Maybe they'll put me in the cross role. Maybe I'll be in the, maybe I'll be the next Reggie, the yeah. next 24 seven guy. Yeah. A lot of unknowns there. A lot yeah. of unknowns there. Yeah. 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 And if you're going to go to WWE, you, you have to be aware of those unknowns. And as you mentioned, uh, be comfortable with the worst case scenario potentially happening to you. Mm-hmm. Because if and you're if, not, you're, if you're, yeah, you're going to be frustrated. If, if you're like a new guy, just going there again, you have to look at your options like, OK, well, I don't know what they're going to do. They, they might have me over on elevation for a year. They might they might put me out there and have me get squashed against Lance Archer for my debut. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like they might do that with me over in AEW, the land of the free, you know, or I could take my chance at, at, at NXT and maybe I'll win the breakout tournament. If you're a new guy, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, guy like Adam Cole, you know what's going to happen in one place. Not sure what's going to happen in the other place. Yes, yes, totally, totally. Uh, let's talk about Raw. It was it wasn't. Oh, a we bad don't have show. any more. New, we don't have any other news to talk about. There's nothing no, that's else we it. can talk you about. You really want to talk about, about Raw? My, let's cut the my gummy got, supplements. Got, can we talk about anything we got else? Fourteen minutes of show. That should be enough, right? Talk about that main event. Holy crap! I went and got my blood drawn this morning. That was not <laughs> fun. Oh no. 
Oh, well, yeah, I got, I still have to do that. You lapped me on that one, man. Yeah, um, you, you got your physical done a while ago. You haven't gotten your my blood physical. Done I just didn't go back to get my blood run. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like the only reason I went and, and got the physical because it's been a while since I've had blood work done. And usually yeah. needles don't like bug. You know, like I'll get blood drawn and like I'll stare at the needle going in. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't hurt. Today, for some reason, I was like, mm, I don't want to watch oh. it. And then they put the needle in. And it kind of felt uncomfortable. It was kind of last odd. time I got it, it actually hurt. I was like, God damn. Yeah, this kind of hurt. Still does bad. hurt. We're a couple of weenies, though. All right, man. Let's talk about that main event. Talk about talk about hurting. Talk about brutal. Talk about bloodletting. Holy crap. You see Charlotte's back after what that table? That was great. Yeah. It was a really fun match that punctuated an overly long feeling raw. Uh, that not I feel like just not a lot happened. There was some weird decision making going on. Talk about yes. this. Let's talk about because you brought this up in the pre-show. Talk about Nikki Cross. She got the win over Charlotte last night. No holds barred championship contender match. What are they? Yeah. Do? What is this? What is the story they're trying to tell? What I don't is know. The story. I honestly don't know because the match last night, the way it was structured, this felt like two thirds of the match where Nikki finally best Charlotte and become superhero, you know, cause the whole opening 90% of that is, is Nikki getting uh, wrecked by Charlotte. Charlotte dominated that match for 85, 90% of it. It wasn't towards the end. Nikki got out of the way, hit a finish to get the win. And if you add like essentially a third act to that match where, where Nikki kicks out, gets a little more offense and you build up to that finish more than just her looking intense for a couple seconds. That could have been a huge moment where, okay, she's no longer almost a superhero. She's now, you know, at least in terms of this wrestling universe you've created, a superhero. She's taken down the the the, the supervillain to become a superhero uh, within the, the Raw Women's division. Um, and the way they've structured... And maybe it's a matter of expectations. Like when, when Nikki changes her, her presentation, says, you know, uh, I won a couple beat-the-clock challenge matches. I beat Charlotte by count-out. I'm feeling like I could do anything. I feel almost like a superhero. Well, my mind is like, okay, the story is her going from almost superhero to essentially superhero. Again, within the world that they've created. And with essentially what I was expecting was a superhero origin story. Mm-hmm. And it was right there. And they could make tons of money out of it. I feel like. they That match they had last night between Nikki and Charlotte, you save that for... say. So instead of doing the opportunistic cash in, Nikki cashes in by saying, Charlotte, you and me, but Royal Rumble, something like that, you know? And you have Nikki go through some feuds all the while. Charlotte goes out of her way to beat her up whenever she can, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a couple matches between the two of them in advance of the cash in match. And, and it's like what happened last week where Charlotte beats her pretty definitively. And, and every time Nikki tries to get that loss back. Either Charlotte takes shortcuts, gets herself DQ'd when she's on the verge of losing stuff like this, where Charlotte is always seemingly one step ahead of Nikki, but then Nikki finally puts it all together and this huge match gets the win. It could be a really huge moment in my mind. That's what I thought the story was going to be. I don't know what the story is. She's already won the championship. Now she has to learn how to be a champion. I was expecting Nikki to finally get this win over Charlotte at SummerSlam at a huge moment at a pay-per-view, at what is essentially going to be summer WrestleMania, happens the main event of Raw, and then you have Rhea Ripley, who's been putting together a string of really good matches. She got a, Her and Nia had a really good match last night. Yeah, she's, she's really been, connecting yeah, with she's the crowd. Fire lately, she, yeah. The promo stuff aside, I feel like in-ring, she's finally 
figuring out who Rhea Ripley is on the main roster. Yeah. Her first yeah, few matches after getting called up were a little clunky. Yeah. But now right. I feel like she's in a really good groove in terms of her in-ring work. She's really over with the crowd. I mean, after seeing what happened in the main, the result of the main event and in Rhea's match, I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to put a whole lot of, uh, uh, you know, I don't think it's high percentage, but kind of feel like there's a chance that Rhea could walk out of SummerSlam with that belt again. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Do you think that they 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 were they the 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 response to Rhea was as unexpected as it was to me? Because when she Maybe. first walked out, when they first had fans. Get just given how Rhea had been presented on main roster, I did not expect that response. That crowd immediately started mm-hmm. chanting Rhea, Rhea. They love her. Everybody loves somebody who just looks really cool and they're a badass. You know, people like that, regardless of if you're given cheesy dialogue. I mean, sometimes it can kind of kill you, but but with Rhea, um, I think she does have she does have a connection there. And I don't know, man. I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you in that there is the, the the ingredients there for a really terrific story. You know, being literally in your name is almost a superhero. So your story needs to be becoming a superhero. But maybe they just see her gimmick as perpetually almost a superhero. And again, with WWE, you just have to dumb it down. Like, okay, well, they got SummerSlam coming up. I guess I'm doing Bruce Pritchard. I don't know what voice I'm doing. Um well, well, you got Bruce SummerSlam coming. Yeah, Bruce probably works. You got SummerSlam coming up. People need to think that Nikki can beat Charlotte. So, yeah, so Nikki beat Charlotte. Have, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, like, there's little things. Like, when, when Nikki comes from behind Charlotte during her promo and hits her with the chair, I'm like, that's not really something a superhero would do. 
Oh, I, yeah, but you know what? I can't be hypocritical on that one because I dig that. Because I like when people, if you're a baby face, I like you to do badass stuff. And the fact that Nikki, I mean, here's the thing that I do like about it is that, number one, I, do, I don't like that they had that match last night in the first place. Because, like, have, that match should have been a pay-per-view match. Like, that, that should have been, been the match SummerSlam. No holds barred match at SummerSlam. You add Rhea to it. That's a killer match right there. But I get it. They want Nikki. They want us to understand that, hey, Nikki can hold her own. She's not a pushover. And that cash in wasn't a fluke. And I understand that you don't want your babyface champion to be a pushover. Like sometimes yeah, they too. are. Sometimes I get they that totally too. And, are. And, you know, a pushover thing to do last week could have been to, to, to take your loss at the hands of Charlotte, lick your wounds, and, and just sulk back to the locker room. And that's not what it was. Nikki said, no, I, think I, can, I still think I can beat you. Let's mm-hmm. throw down again this week. And that happened. And I don't have a problem with Nikki running out and trying to get her get after Charlotte. I don't mind that. Yeah. Coming up from behind though, that feels more like a heel thing to do than a babyface thing to do. If she wants to come out there after after Charlotte's been talking trash for a while and wants to throw down, cool, no problem there. Dude, who's the biggest babyface in WWE history? Stone Cold. I know. No, Hogan. Hogan. I was thinking. Oh, Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, and I'm pretty convinced he was a heel the whole time. <laughs> Right. He may not have known it, but he, he was. would totally be doing that stuff, sneaking up behind people. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It is it, it, it is weird. I mean, look, this is part of the thing about WWE that I actually appreciate is the fact that I have no idea what's going to happen at SummerSlam. At first I knew I was like, oh, Nikki's going to win. I kind of don't know. It's so unpredictable now, but I, know, I feel but like the, the story sh- they're going to. The story they're going to tell in the ring is probably going to be pretty good. That match is going to be pretty yeah, sick. At it'll be a good match. But the the the, the story I thought they were going to tell at SummerSlam, they up telling last night. So yeah, I know. Yeah, we got it on Raw. Hey, we should be celebrating Raw then because we got that story last night. Um, it's, it doesn't always have to play out the way we wanted to play. But uh, but no, I mean, part of me, I'm I, the match was really good. I love that Nikki Cross got that killer. And can we talk for a moment here about how awesome Charlotte is? Mm-hmm. Between her promo with the crowd, her knowing how to play to the crowd, her knowing how to shut the crowd down. Nobody handles the crowd better these days than Charlotte. Yeah, she's done a great job of it. And she gives everything to that match, and the crowd knows it. Mm -hmm. She gives everything she has. She gives everything she has. I don't know how one person can sit there and say, oh, I don't like Charlotte. Dude, watch the damn match. She is killing it. Yeah. Killing it these days yeah. with her character work, with every little that Rob she posted, uh, uh, like just a gif of her when Nikki, no, when she kicked out after the table spot. Mm-hmm. And even when she, even when she knows it's hard for the camera to catch her, she's still doing everything on her face that her character should be doing. Mm-hmm. It's great. She's putting mm-hmm. in like she's a master class right now, Charlotte. Yeah, she's putting some great work to you know uh, if. If, if the, the aim of this story in the end is to establish Nikki as champion, I mean, Charlotte's doing her part. She is doing thousand her percent. part. Yeah, um, it does. No, you know what? You know what I like about it? Look, dude, you're, you're 100 percent right in terms of the story ain't there. The story yeah, is a mess. Not there. But I, they're just it seems like there's not telling a story beyond. Hey, let's get let's get Nikki Cross over and establish her as on par with Charlotte and Rhea, which I'm kind of here for, you know, I'm there for that because it's like, if you're okay, if you're not going to make all this money with your superhero story, at least at the very least, let me know that you think Nikki cross Nikki Ash, ASH, whatever her name is, 
let me know that you consider her on par with them and then you can bungle whatever story you want to bungle but at least yeah, let me I know mean, that you think that she can that she can win there is a amount of solace there to be had i suppose it's just it's it's maddening you know and, and maybe I, I should be cynical and jaded at this point when it comes to wb and not expect them to 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 craft stories that can actually lead to them garnering more viewers and making more money and and getting their audience more captivated in their product but it's hard not to when you see a story right there that can be huge for them and then to not even try it you know i just it's it's, it's, it's so disheartening and like, yeah i should i should i should enjoy the small victories that are had as a fan of particular talents but i don't know i, I just find it hard to 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 divest myself enough uh, to think, wow, this like as good as as great as this is for Nikki that she's going to be elevated to the same tier as Charlotte, Rhea, uh, so on and so forth. Mm, it could have been like so much more. We're just we, we appreciate good storytelling. Yes, we appreciate good storytelling. There's nothing wrong with that. And there, on the other hand, there's nothing wrong with just appreciating the simplistic nature of you know of just you know two people fighting and then somebody you know winning. Um, and so I'm not. I, me personally, I I'm with you. I like the good storytelling. I like the moments that build and build and build and there's a crescendo and then you get that. Oh, holy crap moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I it feels like lately, especially over the past. Well, I say lately, I say over the past couple of years, Vince is really, really just reverting to like this anti storytelling thing, you know, where it's like the most he can muster really is let's say Kofi Mania where it's like he Vince just shows up and throws a bunch of roadblocks. Well, you can't do that. Then do this. And that's not really storytelling. It's just like, oh, it's it's more like labors. You know, it's like the yeah, la the labors of Jericho. I know. But at least with the labors of Jericho, there's some creativity in where, you know, it's like, oh, let's look at your past. Let's look at Juventud mm -hmm. Guerrera. Let's mm -hmm. let's go with the sickest person in wrestling right now, Nick Gage. Mm -hmm. There is some element of storytelling, even with something as simplistic as roadblocks. Yeah. Whereas in WWE, it's just like the most they can muster for stories is just like roadblocks. It's like, for oh, the well, sake dude, of roadblocks. Now you yes, got to do this. Exactly. exactly. Now you got to do this. And while and yeah, it's you, just, you, sorry, go ahead. Finish. It's just finish. it's just a different philosophy of booking that I don't. I just don't think is it makes for compelling week to week television. It doesn't. No, but I understand why people out there would. And I know there are people out there who are going to be cool with this. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I do. I you know, it. in order to maintain my sanity, you have to appreciate the small victories. And I appreciate this for Nikki Cross because she deserves to be seen as on par with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. And it will make, I think, for a compelling SummerSlam match, uh, even though I think it could have been more compelling if she built to this point you know if she's on the precipice of obviously beating charlotte in the lead up to this and then Rhea makes her case and robs it from her and it's like oh when that moment happens in front of however many thousands of people mm -hmm. at SummerSlam, it's gonna be exactly. the biggest thing you know exactly yeah building up to, to to that win where you know first she loses to charlotte then she's on the precipice of victory against charlotte's taken away from her mm -hmm. you know because you still have what about two and a half weeks yeah to build so that that when Nikki finally gets that huge win, you know the crowd pops huge, it's a huge moment, you know, and it it feels like something, like really feels like something, as opposed to all right, this uh -oh. is another just another storyline to be, you know, because the potential was there for it to really feel like something, for it to really be something, and maybe it still can be. I don't know where where they're taking this. I have no idea where they're taking this. None. Um, so we'll see. Anyways, uh -oh. when I get to when I get into raw.
Let's let's talk about yeah. Let's just get into raw. We'll we'll talk about this when we when we actually get there. But I'm di- I'm I'm dying to talk about cross because oh, it's God. just it's the funniest it's the funniest sub story. All right, let's just talk about it. let's just talk about. It. So he had another <laughs> match, a uh, rematch against Keith Lee. I will say this about well, uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. I know. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. For in consecutive weeks, Karrion Cross has probably had two of his three, maybe two of his four best. WWE matches. The last that's, two yeah, weeks, I think he and Keith yeah. Lee have had really good matches. You know, yeah, sure. Uh, Cross had a good match against Finn Balor in NXT. The one against uh, Legato Del Fantasma was tons of fun too. Yeah. Um, he got zero reaction. Like they, they're piping in cheers and chants and stuff. This whole episode, you can't get at least some buzz, some ambient noise going on for carrying Cross's entrance. <laughs> it's intentional. It's, it's be- intentional, dude. They did. They gave it to everybody else. And that's another thing we can talk about. That Chicago crowd. I think they were doing their part because I did hear we want Wyatt chance uh, during yeah. Goldberg. Uh, we of course, heard there's the CM Punk chance. Several CM Punk chants, yes. But as soon as you hear it, what did Kyle say? Uh, uh, Kevin Dunn mutes the crowd's feelings. Yeah, muted the crowd's feelings. You can yes. hear they go... And then, like you hear all of a sudden, like the the God voice of Michael Cole just saying, uh, uh, "Drew McIntyre saying, oh, 16 time world champion." Yeah, yeah. They can't even get that right, but evidently, according to somebody, that was they were running like a, a video, video package. package they were or testing something. Or something like that. Anyways, they were yeah. testing him. Yeah. So Cross didn't get much of a reaction. He didn't really get any reaction. No reaction. Um, the the and- entrance. I told you this on. on I text you. It's like an anti entrance. Well, it just happens. It just happens. Especially is when you contrast it with what he had in NXT. I know. I know. If 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 we had never seen that entrance in NXT, if we if that had never been created, if he just went straight to the main roster, had this entrance, it'd be like, okay, this entrance isn't really impressive. It's really not much of anything, but it's an entrance. It's generic, but it's something. But you compare it to what he had in NXT, and yeah, you're you're literally sucking out like some of the most captivating aspects about carrying cross. Yeah, by having such a mundane entrance form. Like it's there's fu- no it's mystique funny. now. There's no mystique. They've, they've got this the giant Tron behind them, and what do they do? It they have like basically a beige, like you know his Tron is like beige smoke, and like you see his name up top and like the, the shadow of like a bird, a bird, and there's like meteors flying and there's, there's like meteors. So I don't even know. Well, it's doomsday stuff. Yeah, but it, by and large, the the color palette is just beige as he's standing there and he stands there and isn't he like crossing his arms yeah he's carrying cross he's carrying cross arms and he's like and he's silhouetted and there's like some awkward spotlights on him one is like off center so it's just and and you have like there's like on the tron behind him too there's like the it looks like somebody cut out from a cardboard box there's like the little trim and it's just the entrance it's like where you go in and out yeah yeah, so there's going to be that little you know you could see the outline of the entrance yeah but it looks like a cutout of a cardboard box it looks cheap they intentionally are screwing this guy's entrance he looks cheap there's no other way to put it the man looks cheap and then he comes out there. I was laughing so hard when he got killed with a spirit bomb by Keith Lee. This is twice now. They advertise NXT on their show. Go watch this show with the cheapest champion we can muster up. The weakest guy we can muster up. I will say this again. Good match. 
uh, and uh, they they mentioned at least their history, Lee and Cross's history in NXT. They mentioned they had crossed paths. I don't remember if they said it was for the NXT title or not. Yeah. Now, if they really want to kick this up a notch, they should have another match next week where Lee challenges Cross for the NXT title, have him defended on. Oh, on wouldn't Raw. that be awesome? That'd be great. Be That'd be awesome. And great little cross promotional stuff. Yeah. You know, and then maybe even a hey, bring out Samoa Joe, the guy who's going to challenge him at, at Takeover, and then advertise that. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's like, man, why? Wh- you could have this awesome thing where it's like, holy crap, I've got three brands to play with on cable TV with like stellar talent. It ain't like AEW. They got one show. They're about to have a second one, but they got like one show. They got one roster. It's like you have three different brands Mm -hmm. that people would love just to be seen interweaving, you know, in cool ways. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The most frustrating aspect, though, is, is and maybe it, a lot of it is informed by the, the thing we heard about how Cross is supposed to lose to Hardy the second week he was on Raw. Had mm-hmm. Hardy not gotten COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you have Cross versus Keith Lee last week and Cross wins. And you're thinking, okay, apparently they're moving on from that story. They got something else. Yeah. And then you see that Cross loses this week and you're like, okay, maybe they're backtracking, going back to that story. But if that's the case, why'd they have him win last week? Why can't, why can't you just sit there and enjoy it? Why can't you just <laughs> enjoy what you're being given? Fans think too much about what's going on. They need to enjoy with it. But you can't because it doesn't make any sense. It's hard to it enjoy stuff sense. that doesn't make any sense. If it made and sense, not like in a I David was... Lynch kind of way. <laughs> Yeah, not in, a part, not in a way that expand your mind potentially, make you think about your place in the universe. It's not that, right. you know. It's like logically trying to make sense <laughs> of the pieces that you're 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 giving us. So right, what the so, hell? Yeah, it's 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 confusing, beguiling, all that, you know. But I, I mean, like I guess from an in ring perspective, it's a short, small sample size, but it seems pl- plainly obvious that Karrion Cross was probably always more. It was always better suited to be a main roster wrestler than an NXT wrestler. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just, it's the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing. It's so weird. It is. Like you we'll have, just dive you, into it. You have like, a, you have this other brand that USA is paying. I think they got the, if I was, I was listening to uh, Post Wrestling, their episode mm-hmm. with Brandon Thurston. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he had mentioned that uh, NXT had signed an extension on USA. Oh. So that's continuing on, even though like they, they they did not mention NXT at all during the the conference call, the quarterly earnings call, which is kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. Let's dive but, into it. Uh, yeah, uh, show opened up with Bob Lashley and MVP coming down to the ring. Uh, MVP says, "says I know everybody's excited to see Goldberg before he comes out." Uh, Lashley wants to address a few things. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Goldberg came out uninvited, uh, challenged Lashley for a title shot, and again. Lashley's not going to dignify that challenge with a response. Uh, MVP so it says, though, without question, Goldberg is an icon, still capable of annihilating any man on any given night, but therein lies the problem. He didn't challenge any man. He challenged the Almighty. Calls uh, Goldberg a gladiator and says he's used to crushing any gladiator who stands before him, but Lashley is no gladiator. He's a kaiju. Yeah, a kaiju. monster. Uh, so MVP is out there to try to stop a tragedy. From happening at SummerSlam, crowd starts chanting for Goldberg. MVP tells Goldberg, if Lashley does accept your challenge, it won't 
end well for you. It could be your last match of your career. And then MVP asks Goldberg if he wants to be remembered as a champion or a casualty. This brings Goldberg out. Uh, he tells mm. Lashley that if anybody should be anybody in this ring should be worried about losing something, it should be Lashley worried about losing that title. He calls MVP scared. He says Lashley looks scared. Uh, he says he knows what Lashley is thinking. I'm a high-level athlete, a gladiator, uh, but do you think you're really up for the challenge? The, the, when he first saw Goldberg walk down to the ring, uh, did you think uh, that I was going to be your that Goldberg would be your next victim? Well, guess what? He says, uh, Lashley, this isn't your call, Steve. This is my Chica- this is Chicago, and they could smell fear a mile away. And Lashley, you either crapped your pants or are scared out of your mind. So, uh, Goldberg says, doesn't matter if I'm 35, 75, 105. Goldberg will always be Goldberg. Goldberg lives by the spear, and Lashley will die by the spear. That's why he is Goldberg, because he's Goldberg at SummerSlam. Lashley is next. Uh, MVP points out to Lashley that Goldberg's son is sitting ringside. So Lashley goes over and confronts him. Who was unnaturally aged like 13 years since we last saw him four years ago. That was really weird. So like last time we saw Goldberg's kid, uh, he was, uh, I think, shirtless with Goldberg in the middle of the ring. Uh-huh. Weren't, weren't, weren't we there for something like that? Well, we the Rock or Mania after his after his match against Brock, he came in. He came after the show went off the air and dropped a promo. Yeah, yeah. Weren't we there? We were there for that, right? We were there. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was four yeah. years ago, and he looks looks like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like I, I'm assuming he went from like eleven to fifteen, something like that. I mean, yeah, a lot of changes happened there, Larson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Lashley goes over to, to Goldberg's son, confronts him, and MVP goes like, no, that's back off. And then MVP tells his, <laughs> yeah. his son that at SummerSlam, Lashley is going to end your dad's career. Goldberg comes back out and very gently spears MVP to the floor. It was a very nice spear. It was yeah. very gentle. It was and very Goldberg gentle. and his son walk up the ramp. I don't know, man. I don't like any of this. No, Lashley none of it not, was good. Lashley did not look scared at all, by the way. No. Lashley looked Why like he, he, wanted a, he wanted a fucking tear... Goldberg apart, and I wish he would have. Yeah, I, I want Lashley just to spear the crap out of Goldberg. Heck yeah, that's Slam. all we want, man. There's no chance that Goldberg's going to win this, right? No, don't no. be so confident because every no. time we've thought that you Goldberg know, no, wins, you know why? Because he's this is his second uh, contracted match of the year. Those are his two Dude, matches. He's up. SummerSlam. What if Vince offers him? Hey, can we get you for five more dates this year? Three of them are TV appearances. Two of them are matches. No, it's no. possible, dude. It's possible. No, this is all about Lashley building up Lashley. Come on, I hope so too. This is all about building up Lashley. If Goldberg I am wins, not confident. I'm, I'm quitting. I'm gonna quit Raw reviews. Oh sh. Okay, damn it. I guess I will too. No, no. If we if we both quit, then we don't have Raw reviews. This is a revenue stream. You have to do them by yourself. We'll get the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what a crappy deal for me. Oh man. Anyways, dude, I've been telling you, man. I tweeted this out last night. Because I saw uh, uh, Sean, Rossap, and Denise doing their raw review. Oh, and I was yeah. like, suckers. I, I couldn't. Gosh. I was like thinking to myself, I am so happy. Why didn't we make that decision like six months earlier, man? Oh, God. We thought it, Anyways. We were just doing what we thought was best for business. Because I was looking back at like some of the PC era stuff, like the empty arena stuff, and just how bad it was. And I was like, why didn't we just tap out at the time? Oh, boy. Anyways, after that, we had Drew McIntyre versus uh, Veer and Shanky. And at one point when during Drew's entrance, so they were messing, they were messing with it. We talked about this already. They were messing with the audio all night. Now this oh, yeah, evidently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, according to some report today, 
was uh, they were they were they had accidentally run some sort of video package or it something. Was, uh, Corey DeFeifel Select, yes. Okay, where you could hear uh, uh, Michael Cole yelling sixteen times. It was like the disembodied voice of Michael Cole, sixteen mm-hmm. time champion, and it was like just Drew McIntyre coming out. Anyways, we got our first what I thought was our first CM Punk chant of the night earlier. Uh, we had a We Want Wyatt chat during the uh, the Goldberg stuff, mm-hmm. but then you can hear like the volume on the crowd uh, be turned down. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this was, you know, Drew was basically dominating this match. At one point he kept up and crotch chopped uh, Shanky, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, as he's loading up for a Claymore on Veer, Shanky's down there holding his leg. Jinder gets in, attacks Drew with a chair, so the match is DQ'd. Uh, then they all, all three of them have chairs, and they're facing off against Drew in the ring. He goes back and he grabs his sword. Uh, he sort of wards off Jinder because Jinder goes at him with the chair and, and Drew swings his uh, his sword at him. Mm-hmm. So Jinder and Veer leave. Shanky's left there and he's sort of just scared frozen. He looks and, like uh, he, 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 he could have easily... Based on his reaction, peed his pants because he was so. He scared. might have been peeing or pooping his pants. You know, maybe that's what Goldberg smelled earlier on. Perhaps I don't know. Maybe he did that in advance. I don't know. Anyways, uh, 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 Veer ends up. I'm sorry, Shanky ends up leaving as Drew like swings the sword at him, base or, or acts like he's going to swing the sword rather, yeah. and doesn't. Yeah. So he's having a lot of fun with that. Uh, backstage. Uh, Jinder and his crew are leaving. Kevin interviews him really quick, and Jinder says, Drew threatened my life with that sword. So you know his lawyer is probably going to sue for unsafe work environment. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to lead to their SummerSlam match, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah, there will be there'll be some sort of legal stipulation involved. Right, exactly. Like Ownership of for, the sword or some custo- crap like custody that. Custody of the sword or something like that. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, that's what I was thinking too, yeah. Uh, and afterwards, Drew had an interview. He said, to be completely fair, uh, he didn't finish the job he started. He says, I threatened them, but I think Chicago wants me to finish the job. Do you want that Chicago in the crowd? Wow. You hear kind of a cheer. They're uh, like, yes, we want you to kill somebody? What? Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of crazy if you saw a dismemberment, right, Chicago? That'd, that'd be completely unexpected for a, a, a TV They're 14 ki- product. Kids um, in the crowd, man. Get out of here with that. I know. Uh, Drew says... Uh, I love that Jinder gets away every week, so he has nightmares about Drew every night because Jinder knows what's coming. Uh, and then he says, you know, hey, you'll get the sword, either end up in the hospital or the graveyard. It's not a threat. It's a promise. Drew is very quickly becoming like just super like cheerfully violent. I know, you know gleefully. like he, he gleefully violent. I kind of like it. I'll be honest with you. You know, next week he just show up with like blood all over him. No explanation. Know. You know, no. he just shows up. Oh. I blacked out last night. I woke up like he, this. Yeah, he's holding a, a still beating human heart. <laughs> I'm on some like new a, meds. I don't know whose heart this is. You know, <laughs> I don't know who this belongs to. I have a uh, liver in my bathtub too. <laughs> Jeez, man, what are you doing at night? Yeah. Uh, after that, we had a really good match between Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley. Um, as I mentioned, speaking of, the of show, bloody, holy crap! Yeah, yeah, I really, it really seems like Rhea's hitting her stride now on the main roster, at least from the in-ring perspective. So early on, Nia is using her uh, strength advantage. Uh, she posts Rhea, and then hits her with a hip attack against the ring post, which looked like it could have really sucked. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, getting your head slammed against the ring post. Yeah. Uh, so Rhea responds with a kick to the head. Then she uses her agility advantage to uh, evade Nia. Looks for a riptide. Nia escapes that, throws Rhea into the post again, goes for another hip attack. However, Rhea 
evades this one, uh, hits Naya with a senton off the apron, or tries to. Naya moves, so Shayna eats the senton off the apron. And then uh, Naya hits Rhea with a Samoa drop against the barricade. Uh, we go to commercial, we come back. Rhea's escaping a torture rack, starting a comeback. Uh, eventually, though, uh, Naya hits a leg drop that gets her a two count. She's looking for a Samoa drop. Rhea escapes that, tries for Riptide. Uh, Shayna gets on the apron to distract Rhea, so Rhea goes after her. Shayna drops down. Naya charges. Rhea gets out of the way, and as Naya rebounds off the ropes, Rhea rolls her up to get the win. And afterwards, Naya, who's now bleeding all over the place. Yeah. Just bleeding all over the place. Very effective visual. <clears throat> yeah. And Shayna are arguing in the ring, and uh, eventually Shayna just leaves. Rhea comes back in, kicks Naya in the head, and hits her with Riptide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's teasing more Shayna versus Nia stuff, and then mm-hmm. eventually we'll get Shayna versus Rhea again, which is great stuff. Yep. Uh, after that, we had uh, T Bar and Mace versus Ali, who got a great Chicago reception, yeah. being yeah. from the area, mm-hmm. uh, and of course Mansoor. Um, this time they didn't quite get the job done. Uh, they were on the same page for a little bit of this with uh, like some stereo suicide dives oh, on opposite all ends. Ali's the reaction ring. to that was great. Oh, I know, I know. The all all the chemistry between these guys is uh, is really great. Mm-hmm. Ali planted T Bar with a tornado DDT from like the ropes. It was awesome. It was such a sick yeah, sell from great. from T Bar. He's just a terrific wrestler. Yeah. Digest. So uh, Mansoor tries to get Ali up. Uh, sorry, he tries to help Ali up for like a top rope move after they lay out, I think, uh, T-Bar. Uh, but T-Bar ends up kicking Mansoor into the rope, so Ali falls. Mansoor, uh, T-Bar then gets the upper hand on Mansoor because he like uh, drops him off the top rope. Mansoor eats a discus boot from T-Bar for the win. After the match, uh, Ali is tending to Mansoor, and uh, Mace and T-Bar get back in the ring. And, uh, and he sort of knows, oh, man, this is going to suck because he knows that he's caught, basically. But he mm-hmm. pushes Mansoor out of the ring mm-hmm. and then eats and then basically, you know, takes one for the team, eats that finish mm-hmm. from uh, Mason T-Bar. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's still good stuff. I mean, you know, I kind of feel like I wonder if I mean, this was uh, th- th- this whole match was set up for that after the match thing where Ali now is getting Mansoor out of the way. Although I guess that was was that the same as last week after the match? Ali pulled Mansoor out, out to as, get him out of the way of damage. T-Bar and yeah. Mace were going to try to attack him after the, after they lost. Yeah, yeah. I just don't yeah. know about the whole like they're trying to get on the same page and they clearly have good chemistry, but then they take the loss here. Mm. I kind of feel like they probably should have just. Well, had you know why they took win. the loss because they're in Chicago and, and Mustafa Ali's from Chicago. I, I, that WD that is trope, so. Man. That is so. That is like one of my God. I hate that shit. I like way to kill a. What, what's the point of killing a crowd? Well, because then whoever beats him has heat now, Steve. I, I, with what the crowd they're gonna not be there next week what does it matter that doesn't doesn't make make any sense sense. it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense yeah uh afterwards we had a charlotte promo uh it started off kind of confusing 
Um, she says a few days ago, uh, she woke up to the headline: Simone Biles withdraws the Olympics, and she couldn't think to her, but help. She couldn't help but think to herself: Why does the greatest gymnast of all time not want to go for gold anymore? And later, she discovered it was for mental health. And the more she learned, the, she says, the more she empathized with Simone Biles. Uh, Charlotte says, two weeks ago, Money in the Bank, she defeated Rhea for the women's title. Next night out on Raw, Nikki A.S.H. cashed in on her and illegitimately won. No, stole her Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Charlotte says she's been in the business for a long time. And when she woke up the next morning, she was almost at her breaking point. Says she was going to almost or have her own nervous breakdown. Uh, and you want to know why? You want to say it like Jesse Ventura, Steve? You want to know why? Because she's an 11-time women's champ, and that makes her the most decorated woman in the history of this business. She believes that cashing in money in the bank is the most cowardly way to win a title. It's not a competition. Or sorry, it's not competition. It's theft. And she has been cashed in on not one, not two, but three times. And as she's saying that, she's bringing weapons in the ring. There was a mm -hmm. kendo stick, a broom, and a chair. Yeah. Um, she says it's like cashing in on Charlotte is the only way to make a name for yourself but by cashing in on her hard work. So last week she asked for a one-on-one -on -one match to show that she's better than Nikki. And when she won, uh, Nikki then had the audacity to step up to her and ask for a rematch. She said, I gave, I put up my left hand to shake her hand and then punched her with my right. And she says, Nikki, she's not confident. She's gullible. And uh, the only thing we love more than a champ is a martyr. And Nikki is both. And tonight she's going to sacrifice herself in no holds barred match. Uh, and then and then Nikki sneaks in the ring, hits Charlotte in the back with the chair. Good stuff. Uh, afterwards, we had an interview with uh, Eva Marie and Dewdrop. Of course, Dewdrop doesn't talk during this. Uh, she Eva Marie runs down the Lily Lucian, puts over the Evolution, uh, says she pulled Piper up from obscurity. Yeah, it doesn't let her talk. Says uh, Tamina is going to pay for stepping in front of the Evolution. So we got Dewdrop versus Tamina. And uh, this is a fun match. It's a pretty stiff match. Uh, in the end, Dewdrop was about to hit her fun splash finish, but Eva started yelling at her to hit her finish, yeah. which caused some hesitation. And uh, Tamina was able to evade and then gets a really impressive Simone drop for three mm -hmm. uh, and the win there after the match. Alexa shows up on the Tron and just sort of trolls them. Yeah. Um, backstage, we got Priest and Riddle chatting it up. Priest is asking Riddle if he's uh, scared of facing Amos tonight. Uh, Riddle says, nah, man, I've got the power of Randy in my corner. Got a bunch of voices in my head. <laughs> Priest just really quickly interjects and says, yeah, I'm not surprised. And, yeah, uh, and he's, he's like, well delivered. It was, yeah, they've got good count. I'm like, why aren't these guys a tag team instead of like Orton and Riddle? But uh, And he asked Priest, he's like, you know, why are you going on Ms. TV? Wouldn't you be like in a hot tub with champagne and some and some ladies instead of doing Ms. TV? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. I, I partied a lot at Lollapalooza, so I'm not concerned about all that. Yeah. And then we had Ms. TV. And, dude, I'll be honest with you, I fast-forwarded through this until, like, the good stuff. Like, I, got, I, really I sort of – long. I, yeah, I couldn't do it. I can't. I cannot still do Ms. TV. Uh, I got to the part where Ms. basically threatened to slap Priest – Priest gets in his face, says, go ahead and do it. Miz does nothing. Morrison gets up, says, are you thirsty, amigo? I can fix that. And uh, he says, kids everywhere are growing up, hoping to be half as cool as Miz and Morrison. Priest says, what are you talking about? Nobody wants to be Johnny's sidekick. Nobody wants to be Miz either. Uh, Priest eventually just gets pissed. He's like, man, I was just here to challenge Sheamus. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm kind of pissed at you guys now. Uh, he throws Morrison out after Miz tries to get him with the drip stick. So then he turns the table on Miz. With the dripstick in the water bucket, get Miz, gets Miz yeah, all pours wet. pours it all over his lap. 
Yeah. So there then was, we get. Uh, sorry, yeah. there's one good line from John Morrison at the beginning of that where he's, he tells Priest, this is a splash hole free zone, so keep your mouth shut or I might have to moisten you up. Yeah, it's funny stuff. I love Morrison's hilarious with this, you know, all the all the the water puns. Mm-hmm. But it's like I can't do endless Miz TVs anymore. I'm I sorry. Know. I'm. I, know. I apologize it's, if you're a fan of our show and you like our recaps to listen to our Miz TV segments. But I can't do it. It was I way too it. long. Way yeah. too long. It was way too long. So yes, yeah, so we got John Morrison versus Damian Priest uh, next. This is a pretty quick match that saw uh, uh, Priest get the win on Morrison. After catching a springboard move from him, it's like basically a dominator. Follows that with his choke slam for the win. Sheamus hits the ring afterwards to attack Priest. Ricochet runs out to make the save. We all know what we're going to get. Uh, we're going to get a match. tag match after the commercial break. And sure enough, that's what we got. Damian Priest and Ricochet versus Sheamus and John Morrison. This match, likewise, a bit on the short side. Once again, Damian Priest pins John Morrison, this time after hitting the Reckoning. Yeah, it's kind of cool though. Like they're just making priests into this, uh, at least with this scene, into a kind of a monster. Kind of neat, yeah. you know. A couple good wins for uh, for Damian, Damian Priest, who doesn't talk Damian in his deep voice anymore. Um, so yeah, good good stuff for Priest. That moonsault from uh, Ricochet was pretty pretty awesome too. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why in my notes it says Priest and Riddle, but it was Ricochet. Uh, after that, backstage, you really want MD- that tag team, don't you? I really do, yeah. Uh, backstage, MVP is uh, still selling the effects of the spear while Lashley fumes after commercial as Raw rolls on. We get uh, Lashley interview where he says uh, something like he hopes Goldberg brings his son to SummerSlam so he can watch uh, me beat his dad or something. Yeah, he basically accepts uh, Bill's yeah, challenge for he SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had a Moss versus Riddle. Uh, Riddle really tries hard at the start. You get a bunch of running strikes trying to get a Moss. Uh, off his vertical base, uh, Amos eventually is able to counter, sending Riddle over the top rope, throws him over the barricade in the ringkeeper area. Riddle uh, uh, barely breaks the 10 count. Then it happens again. Amos eventually hits his finish for three, though. Yeah. Not, not much of a match. It wasn't, but uh, Riddle, he's such a good seller that mm-hmm. even with, with Amos's kind of limited offense, Riddle did a hell of a job, you know, uh, selling how how devastating it was. You know, a lot of guys make Amos look really, really good. I just don't know how far they can take it with Amos, but I, I mean, I like him. I think he always looks like he's having a good time in the ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how far that can go. No, I get that totally. Uh, then we get Alexa's playground. Uh, Alexa says that Lily is thrilled with the Lily Lucian. Uh, says she's been Lily's been influencing people for a long time. She brings up Jack the Ripper, the Zodiac, and then she Zodiac. gets laid out from behind by Dewdrop. Eva walks in, picks up Lily, more or less says this doll's gross. Uh, declares that the evolution uh, uh, that this is the evolution, and then Bliss is on the ground selling the attack, and so Lily's laying on like six eight feet away from her mm-hmm. on her back, and then magically Lily stands up on her own. This was so. This was so stupid. It really. This was. was so bad. It was. It's it was so. Really it's bad. like. It's just cringy. It's one of those things. Another moment where it's like, if somebody was watching this with me, like a family member, I would. Yeah. I would be embarrassed. Yeah. I. Hate, I hate this stuff so much, dude. But at least it was I short. I, it was, but oh, it's so bad. It is. It's awful. It's terrible. Yeah. Really uh, we talked about this next match uh, uh, quite a bit already. Cross versus Keith Lee. Keith Lee got the win with the spear bomb. But like you said, it was a good match. Yeah, it was. It was a good match. Uh, I enjoyed it. 
After that, we had a Rhea Ripley interview. She puts over the No Holds Barred match coming up in the main event, says she's definitely going to be watching. She says she hopes Nikki beats up Charlotte, but it's not going to matter because she's going to be walking out of SummerSlam as Raw Women's Champion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had 24-7 division action Reggie versus Akira Tozawa. Yeah, um, this was fun enough. Um, it was, you know, like a lot of stuff that, that that Reggie does where he uses his athleticism to evade his opponent's offense then hits that crazy flipping Cita Senton move to get the win. This one, man, this was a bit on the high side. He almost hit like a Tozawa because he, he lands hard with mm-hmm. these uh, flipping seated sentons. It looks great, but uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I am I see what they do with Akira Tozawa, and I'm just, I'm I'm so over it. I'm like, let the I dude know. just be a wrestler. What is this ninja crap? It's like- He's a really good wrestler. Tozawa's I know. really good. I, I know. know. It's, it's, it's so offensive, dude. <laughs> it just really is. Anyways, after that, we had uh, Nikki uh, ASH interview. Uh, she claims she hasn't been in a match as brutal as a no-holds-barred match, but if I recall, she had a pretty brutal last-man-standing match against Austin. Yeah, NXT, which actually I think was at least just as, if not more brutal than the match was, last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she says she has confidence and all that stuff. Anyways, let's just get to the match because this is really, really good stuff. It was solid stuff. It was really Sh- solid. Charlotte puts Nikki through the barricade with an awesome spear. Uh, Charlotte tries to bring a chair into the ring. Nikki drop kicks the chair into her. DDTs her to the floor. Nikki tries a fun splash of Charlotte. Charlotte catches her and power bombs her through the announce table. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely brutal. Uh, Charlotte, literally, they did such a great job. Nikki did such a great job of being dead weight, but obviously helping Charlotte, you know, get her into the ring as dead weight, mm-hmm. which is tough to do. Sometimes it just looks like the wrestlers like help, you know, just obviously just on their doing feet. all the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they did a really great job of making Nikki look like dead dead weight here after the, mm-hmm. the power bomb. Mm-hmm. So Charlotte drags Nikki into the ring, puts a foot on her and poses, and Nikki kicks out, and the look mm-hmm. on Charlotte's face is just priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte then tries to spear Nikki through the table in the setup in the corner. Nikki gets out of the way. Charlotte goes through the table. Nikki covers, only gets two. Um, and then Nikki's able to hit like a draping, swinging neck breaker mm-hmm. uh, for three and gets the win there. Stellar match. Stellar it match. Was, it was really good. And before Nikki hits her finish, she kind of takes a moment and gets really intense and then hits it. Yeah. So that was raw. You want to answer a few questions? Yeah. 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 Let's answer yeah. a couple of questions here. I got a thread up on the Patreon. I'm sure we got plenty of questions in the live chat. We do. We do. Uh, Lubricant Hornet says, don't forget the upside-down pyro during Riddle's entrance. I didn't notice that. He has upside-down pyro. There is upside-down pyro? I'll have to take another look at that. Uh, let's see here. Alex Foster, what other thrown-together tag teams could you see getting over? Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. I want to see that tag team. It's weird they that haven't good. done that. That could be good. Edub says, who needs to turn face from face to heel, heel to face, and become a tweener to energize, save their careers after the draft. So who's a face that really needs a heel turn? Do you think Riddle could ever effectively turn heel? I mean, if, you know, like his, his, his weird ramblings, he just rambles about stuff. If it takes like a darker turn, maybe. Hmm. Maybe, but then people might think, oh, that's pretty silly. I don't know. Mm. 
his entire disposition is 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 not really threatening. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, on you know his character. So I don't know. Don't know. Maybe no. I would, I'd be interested to see if if we get main event Drew as a heel though. I think that could be interesting. Ooh, that could be terrifying. I know what I'm talking. I about. I mean, he's halfway. He's threatening to literally kill people. Gender is so fun too. Mm-hmm. Gender makes me laugh. I want to see a, 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 a interesting gender face turn. Yeah, man, that could be cool. That, that could, be, could be cool. I could, I could dig that. Yeah, they could do it, man. They have, they have so many great pieces there that they just. Uh, night by night, your president Franklin Delano Roosevelt, as part of your New Deal, Congress has just passed this bill. More commonly known as the National Housing Act of 1934, what present-day raw superstar would you remove from their timeline in order for them to come back and run the newly minted Federal Housing Administration? It's got to be a raw superstar, so we can't say Seth Rollins since he's the architect. Federal Housing Administration, a raw superstar. Um, I'm AJ go Styles because so SmackDown was the house that he built. The house that he built. He built the house. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, DZ does it says I have an administration question. Does watching the reviews here on Twitch and not on YouTube negatively affect your YouTube account? No, no, no. Our Watch YouTube whatever is, is most convenient fine. for you. Yeah, we like we like the live engagement here. Um, yes. We like to keep. So if you want a little bit of business advice, try to establish multiple revenue streams. What we noticed when we were doing the reviews live on YouTube is that YouTube is the live element of YouTube besides like we do pay-per-view stuff there live, but like just for like normal week to week, day to day, it's not a great environment for live streaming. They're not there yet. You can't gift memberships. They don't find a way. I think I heard the phrase to gamify uh, support, you know, like you get emotes, you get this, you get that, you get hype trains. They really have found a great way here on Twitch yeah, yeah, to yeah, make yeah. supporting your favorite artist fun. Um, yep. So, so no, we love we love Twitch. We love the live environment here. Ingest our content any way you want to ingest it. Yes, whatever. Uh, we are for you. Yeah. We are appreciative of all of it. Yep. Yep. Blake uh, Whitehouse. White- Hold on a second. This is a good question. Would you rather watch a four hour wa- a four hour raw once a month? Or a three-hour SmackDown every week. This is an easy one. Yeah, it's four-hour Raw. Four, yeah, once a month. Once a month. I mean, it's so basically only... they would only book. They would book big pay-per-view show to big pay-per-view show. Yeah, because unless be. unless unless the question is, there's still weekly Raws, but one of them's four hour long, four hours long, as opposed to regular three-hour weekly oh, SmackDowns. That's the case. Then I guess it's gonna be a three-hour SmackDown, dude. Can we just like do movie reviews at that point? Can we just stop yeah, probably doing this? We'll pivot to something else? We've had to do it before. Uh, White Brownie, <laughs> if if Nikki retains SummerSlam, who should she feud with next besides Becky Lynch? Um, if she wins SummerSlam, she'll probably then feud with either maybe Rhea, assuming that well, Nikki already beat Charlotte. Like I don't know. I don't know. Because really, the, the finish to SummerSlam should have been Nikki pinning Charlotte. That should have been the finish of that match. Yeah. And granted, we're still almost three weeks away from SummerSlam. So, you know, things could happen in, in between now and then. That can kind of change the math for things. But I, do, I don't know. I don't know. I'd always assume that, 
okay, Nikki beats Charlotte coming out of SummerSlam, then we go to Nikki versus Rhea because Rhea can say, well, you didn't pin me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like the uncertainty of it, but I can't imagine. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine Nikki losing at SummerSlam. Like... I don't know. I don't I don't see it. I think that she's I think that Vince wants to show that she is on par and that's what happened last night and now she's going to be on par with two superstars, Charlotte and Rhea at the same time. And I think that she's going to win that match. Um I, I think you keep know. I think I think you can have a Rhea versus Shayna feud um and and not have to worry about the title. You can then you can pivot to Rhea. I mean, you can pivot to Rhea versus any number of people without the title. Um, I think I still think Nikki's probably unless I. I mean, look, there's still two weeks left. I don't know how many. How many? Is there three Raws left or two Raws left? Two, two. Yeah, it'll be the interesting to see what they do. Ninth and the sixteenth. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Gregory Faella with how over Drew is. How many months until he gets a top championship again in front of crowds? Well, he can't as long as Lashley's champion. So Bobby has to drop that belt first. Bobby's going to get that. He's going to get the Goldberg grab probably. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. And then and then after that, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jorge D. Next week, Jinder finds Shanky with clear sword wounds and catering. Jinder automatically assumes that Drew did it. Drew denies it and claims that Angela, his claymore, was stolen. This remains an unsolved mystery for the night. What would you? What would your resolution be to this scenario, and how would you solve it? Will the perp be caught within minutes? Within minutes. Um, let's see here. Um, who? What would be your resolution? So he, here's the thing. Number one, nobody, nobody can commit crimes anymore, man. Everybody's caught. Everybody yeah, cameras has everywhere. their cameras everywhere. It's insane. You can't do crimes anymore, people. You try it, you're going to get caught. Well, you can still do crimes, but not that you should. You shouldn't do crimes. But you should definitely you still not do. Can do them. Just the chance of you getting caught are much greater than they used to. Infinitely greater. Man, I but watched the do There was a I forget what. It was one of the I've watched I watched Dateline all the time. Yeah. And one of these damn people like murdered somebody, right? And like every goddamn step of their day was caught on cameras. You leave your house, guess what? Every neighbor of yours, every other neighbor has one of them nests or ring cameras, right? Mm -hmm. So like a second you leave your house, yep, you are on camera. You drive by a gas station. You don't even have to go to a gas station. You drive by a gas station, guess what? They're probably gonna see you. A lot of traffic lights have cameras at them too. Traffic lights have cameras. Yep. Yep. You are everywhere, man. You can't get away with anything. You can't do it. So stop committing all those crimes, people. Stop uh, murdering cosmic, people. Cosmic Night Fury says, not a question, but I had my pro wrestling school tryout. I was instructed to do 150 squats, 100 sit-ups, 100 push-ups in 20 minutes. Wow. Finished the squats pretty quickly. Just barely finished the sit-ups in time, but my upper body wasn't in good enough shape to complete the push-ups in time. I kept trying to finish even after the time limit expired. My tryout officially ended when I puked five times in the span of tw two minutes. I passed the tryout for showing heart and toughness. Yay. Happy to hear that you, you, you got into pro wrestling school. 
That's good. That's news. great. That's great. Dog Authority figure says if the Miz using the dripstick does not warrant a DQ, what nearly DQ tactics would you employ to help the other win a match? Yeah, I saw that. The ref was like basically staring right at him. That should have totally been a DQ. Let's see. I'm looking at my WWE rule book here. Oh, so frustrating. Let's see here. Uh, while you look at that, EV's gift has gifted a bunch of subs. Um, we'll get to those in a wee bit. Thank you, EV. It says right here, rules were made to be broken. It's like a big double page All spread right, here that's, too. That's like the 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 what? That's the takeaway from the WB rulebook. You got to get to know your refs. Is what you got to do. You got to know your refs. Who will allow what? I guess so. Dang MQ, which woman in, in WB should have the ability to stack and pin her opponents? Like, I think oh. that's something, like, if, if if Bianca were a heel, Bianca yeah. could do that. I mean, clearly it's Charlotte right now. She, yeah. I'm surprised she hasn't done that Man, yet. Should feed a like, couple jobbers to her. So so often, and especially in the early parts of the match, when Nikki was doling out, you know, what little offense she got in, Charlotte was no-selling it. Just completely oh, yeah. no-selling it. Yeah. Getting right back up, no-selling it. Kind of great. Uh, Eddie Brock's Venom. In 20 years, do you think we can get a Shield 2.0? Uh, Roman had his kid last year, same as Seth, and this year with Dean. I don't know, man. I don't know. Those guys have special chemistry. I'm not sure their sons will all have that same chemistry. Yeah. yeah. But I, I guess you never know. Never know. Never know. Let's get one more in. Let's get, get one more in. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Wayne Scoggins says, why didn't they have Joe go out there and choke that chump out? I assume he means... Cross, I would think you mean cross. Cross, yeah. Be cool if he just came out and choked Goldberg for no reason. It's like that time Malachi Black showed up in WWE and kicked a, a Big E and just left, and then and then never saw him again. That he never saw him again. Oh God, that's funny. Anyways, that's gonna do it for us. We're gonna answer some more of these questions here on the Twitch. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.